This week on Aliens Explored, we have a special episode for you. One of our listeners has written in with a tale of a UFO encounter experienced by his own family. Now, although this encounter happened 40 years ago, this will be the first time it has been discussed in public. We are especially honoured to bring this story to you exclusively on Aliens Explored. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? So, welcome back everyone to another episode of Aliens Explored. I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. And we've got a very, very special episode this week, haven't we, Neil? We we have indeed. We've we've gone interactive. One, one of our one of our listeners has has written in with their own story, and uh, we're that's what we're going to discuss today. Absolutely. Uh, so big, big shout out to Rudy Payan, uh, who sent us this story, and is actually um, it, it's Rudy's grandparents. Yes. Yeah, so it's not it's not quite first hand, although. He did also send us uh, a recorded, uh, a videoed interview with his, I believe, his grandparents. Um, so we, we have got the first-hand account, um, but uh, Ru- Rudy's account is kind of as they told it to him. So it's almost first-hand. That's right, and it's worth mentioning this This interview is in Spanish. Um, now, I instantly said to Rudy uh, in, in a with a great deal of confidence, that's not a problem because Neil speaks Spanish. And you speak a little, don't you, Neil? I, I speak a bit. I, I learned how to do a particular job in Spanish. And I was getting on quite well, but I, I haven't, been, haven't been studying it for a while. I, uh, so it's, it's kind of gone rusty. And, and although I could pick out words, I couldn't and, and make out roughly what some of what they were saying. No, it was nowhere near good enough to follow the, uh, the conversation. So, so my bad. I apologise wholeheartedly yeah. for that. I was uh, I was overselling yeah. you. <laughs> so unfortunately, we haven't been able to um, uh, to to follow the interview itself. But uh, fortunately, Rudy did tell us the the story. Now, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you this story as it was given to us on August the sixth, nineteen eighty. Manuel and Irma Payen were travelling from Odessa, Texas to Mexico due to a family emergency. They set off at around 11pm on the night of the 5th with their two children and Irma's uncle and her brother. So their two children being their son who is Rudy's father 
and their daughter who is Rudy's aunt. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because this is uh, yeah. Ru- Manuel. Man. Sorry. Man. Manuel and Irma are Rudy's grandparents. That's it. Yes. Right. So <coughs> they've been travelling for about three and a half, four hours. Um, so you're looking at between half past two and three a.m. Uh, just south of Marfa in Texas, which is famous in ufology it already for the Marfa lights. Mm. Um, and they saw something strange by the Chinati Peak Mountains. What they witnessed seemed to be a large fire on the ground set against a mountain. Now, Irma asked if it could be perhaps illegal immigrants trying to stay warm, but her uncle said that that was unlikely as it would catch the attention of law enforcement and basically get them caught. Manuel and Irma then went on to say that the fire started forming and rising up to the top of the mountain before they all realised what it was. Now fear started to spread throughout the car as what they described to be a tremendously fast spinning disc. It was shaped as if you get a frisbee laid on its face with another one on top of it. So so very much disc shaped with red and yellow coloured smoke which was raging out from the bottom and from the top. Even from that distance uh, they could feel the force coming from the disc which was maybe half a mile. Then it starts to follow the car from a distance along the mountains. It would abruptly stop every time they stopped, and when they accelerated, it accelerated as well. At one time, though, the disc crossed over into the street, hovering approximately 40 feet into the air right in front of them. Now, Manuel and Irma's daughter, as this would be Rudy's aunt, recalled that it looked big enough to fit the car into. Now, this is when they all really got scared. Uh, The kids started crying and Irma started praying out loud. They'd all heard about abductions and alien abductions happening at the time, so they were all aware of what could possibly happen. Manuel, however, brave man that he was, wanted to catch their attention. He pulled the car onto the side of the road, got out of the vehicle with a flashlight and then started calling out for the disc to get closer while pointing the flashlight towards them, saying, come on, come on. Irma gets out of the car at this point, takes the flashlight off him and tells him to get his ass back in the car, and and that they should haul ass up the road. The disc then crosses over back towards the mountains, and Manuel remembers that it moved like a rabbit jumping over weeds. Just to interject here quickly, listeners, uh, a quick correction here uh, after recording. Where we described the movement being like a rabbit jumping over weeds, Rudy's grandfather was describing more what it put him in mind of rather than the movement itself, which was, we're told, more like that of a frisbee flying through the air. So basically a disc that was constantly spinning whilst moving through the air. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, Uh, just wanted to make that quick correction there. So anyway, back to the actual recording. They could all see little windows and lights inside, but there was no sign of anyone or anything controlling it. 
it didn't make a sound that they could hear and they couldn't really see what colour it was due to it being dark. Once everyone got back on the road, the disc was still following them from a distance. It would go up and down the sides of mountains. Finally, it went behind one mountain and never came back out on the other side. Now this was approaching the ghost town of Shafter near Texas, which is when the, the disc hmm. disappeared. They said that only one truck passed them throughout the entire incident and you know, early hours of the morning I can imagine <laughs> that to be the case. It didn't. The truck itself didn't stop or slow down, it just carried on so they weren't sure if the truck had seen it as well. And unfortunately they don't have any proof because, I mean, this was predating us all having cameras on our phones or anything like that. In fact, most people wouldn't have mobile phones at this time to give you a bit of background about Manuel uh, he's worked in Odessa at a plant for 43 years before he finally retired so very grounded person very down to earth person um, he comments that his co-workers who he told this story to said that he was lucky to have been able to see it um, his co-workers would even try and go to the same spot around the same time to try and see it but unfortunately no one ever did Manuel also talked about an elderly man who worked at the plant and told him that during World War II there was a base stationed in Marfa the soldiers on the ground would often see lights and would think it was Germans coming to attack the ones on the ground could see it but the pilots in the planes would report seeing nothing Manuel wishes he could see it again and asks if anyone with a similar story around the same area to please come forward. And if you want to message us through either Facebook or Twitter, just search Aliens Explored, we will be more than happy to pass on any messages from any listeners. But there we are, Neil. That's the, that's the story as put to us. Um, yeah, <laughs> an exciting story. It's an amazing um, story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, from 40 years ago, but obviously something they've never forgotten. Now, the, the, the Marfa lights are a well-documented UFO phenomenon, aren't they? And as you say, people did spot the lights during the war. The soldiers on the ground could see them, but the, the pilots in the planes above couldn't see anything. Yes. Um, so, now, a lot of the Marfa lights uh, has been... Um, attributed to optical illusions mm. um, it, it's I'm not sure why exactly um, but but they're quite a frequent occurrence you would just get lights and they're just yeah um, so I I can see that the this this elderly gentleman in the plant um, talking about the lights in World War Two, I can imagine that being the Marfa lights, being an optical illusion. Um, I can certainly see that. Now, um, Rudy but, did mention, in fact, that that his grandfather had read up about the Marfa lights, but that they bore no relation to what he experienced himself. No, and it certainly, was, it doesn't sound anything like the Marfa lights. No, I mean, the, the, the earliest published account of the Marfa Lights was, when it, was in 1883, mm. when a young cowhand, Robert Reed Ellison, saw a flickering light and thought it was an Apache campfire. 
possibly, and, and other travellers, other settlers, some they, they saw the lights, but when they investigated, found no ashes or any other evidence of a campsite. Um, there, well, there, my, was, there, there was a group from some, some Society of Physics students at the University of Texas at Dallas spent four days investigating and recording lights in 2004 and um, they, they seemed to, they, they used um, traffic volume, volume monitoring equipment, video cameras, binoculars and, and chase cars. Um, what they noted was that um, US Highway 67 is visible from the Marfa Lights viewing location. There is actually a viewing platform, isn't there, that you can go to to view the Marfa Lights. Right. Um, the frequency of lights southwest of View Park correlates with the frequency of traffic on the US 67. Um, the motion of observed lights was in a straight line corresponding to traffic on a highway. And when the group parked a vehicle on US 67 and flashed its headlights, this was visible at the view park and appeared to be a Marfa light. And then a car passing the parked vehicle appeared as one Marfa light passing another at view park. So there is obviously something funny. I mean, people know when they're seeing cars on a road, don't they, even in, in the distance. So there's obviously something funny about the, the optics of that location that makes it makes it look a bit odd makes it look like well, that lights in the, on the highway are lights in the sky but yes it's some sort of reflection um going on that that's as much as i'm i'm not a, an optical person but bi yeah, as i understand it it's the lights are getting reflected to somewhere other than where they're actually originating yes yeah and that but they they don't seem to have um actually documented you know there is you know, it's actually caused by this phenomenon and you know a, a measurable phenomenon that they they can actually say yeah this is what it is in this location you have this this and this which combines to cause this and it will create the illusion of that they the, they don't seem to have taken it that far so it's still it's still mysterious yes but but not necessarily a ufo um that's causing it i mean there's there's a number of phenomenon that goes on in the world optical illusions and things like that that are just totally with no idea how they work or why they work just that they do mm. um so yeah i think the marfa lights as a as a, as a whole absolutely we can um we can strike that, but we're talking about a craft here. We're not talking about lights. Hmm. We're talking about a craft that followed their vehicle, that that basically interacted with it. Although it, it appeared to be on fire. It. It, was, it was flames blazing at the top and bottom of it. Yeah, I mean, that's um, a very... That's quite a unique experience that for certainly... Um, from the UFO encounters that I've read up about, that one mm. is uh, is one I've not really come across before. No, so the, the, it seems that they were close enough to say that, be able to say that yeah, the, the thing was definitely on fire rather than these were just lights around it. Indeed, um, you know, mm. I mean, the to get close enough to see that there are windows in this craft. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's a really. I mean, it's but, it's but interesting you say it was forty years ago, but um, 
you know, they've clearly not forgotten it. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. But they also said that it was a rapidly spinning disc, yeah. which wouldn't enable you to see windows. There would just be a blur of light, unless there's a bit that's spinning and a bit that isn't. Uh, could well be. Uh, let me see where it... Yeah. Um, unless it was only spinning as it moved and then when it comes stationary in front of the car hovering oh. about 40 feet above the ground maybe maybe it wasn't spinning then or like you said maybe it was the edges the outer part that was it'd be really interesting to um, if, if Rudy's grandparents would draw what they saw yeah because I suppose when we think of a spinning craft, we think, well, I'm thinking of terrestrial physics, something like a helicopter, that it needs to keep spinning to stay in the air. Um, and a spacecraft, uh, I know when they've talked about missions to Mars, it would be a spacecraft, a disc that spun in order to maintain a kind of gravity, but the centrifugal force would create gravity inside the craft. Yeah, yeah. Um Whether it need to move that fast is another matter, and when it's within an atmospheric, and within an atmosphere, I mean Mars is a little bit different because it's got a lower gravity mm. than Earth, so it's not what we're used to. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pure speculation there, but it's definitely a fascinating. And thank you so much to Rudy uh, for sending that in. That's, uh, yes, yes, thanks, Rudy, and we we will encourage you. Uh, I'd like to encourage all, all listeners with their own stories. Please do, please do write in with them, and and we will do our best to give you, give you airtime on our show. Absolutely. Um, but let's look at what. So, what else can cause these things? Um, so the disc that's being described with, as you, as you say, it's got flames coming out the top and bottom of it, or or coloured smoke rather. I mean that's. Because the smoke suggests, to me, some sort of exhaust. Maybe mm. that's being lit by the lights of the craft itself. Because if you get ordinary white smoke and then shove a green light through it, it makes the smoke look green. Mm. So they're talking about red and yellow, sort of fire-coloured smoke... It might just be that the smoke was being coloured by something else. But I'm trying to think what... But but it was night, wasn't it? So, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily see smoke at night, would you? I mean, it would have to be lit up for you to see well, it. Well, exactly, yes. And if it was lit up by something else, that would, that would mm. certainly explain it. Um, but are we talking about a vehicle that's in distress? A vehicle that's... Um, this damage that's crashing oh. uh, you know lots of smoke and fire would certainly suggest that in my yeah. mind and I'd, I'd be interested to know how isolated this spot is I mean you and I are both you know, living in London we, we don't know what it's like to be well we, we rarely see actual darkness we rarely go anywhere that isn't that, where there isn't light coming from somewhere Britain is too small to have these wide open spaces Yes, we, we no experience city. terrible light pollution. Mm. Um, 
I mean, even our countryside is only, what, 30 miles from the nearest town, city. And and all the main roads would have streetlights, whereas uh, I assume a, a desert highway hundreds of miles long probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't bother putting in street lamps for the odd, the odd car it, that was travelling along. Indeed. Um, and of course, 1980, was, yeah, things were different back then. It was not not that we go back into the dark ages, but uh, well, even no. there are lights now. This is 40 years ago, isn't it? It it is 40 years ago. Um, but you know, people would know. You know, I mean, if it was a a normal terrestrial aircraft, mm. you'd recognise it for what it is. Or an experimental military aircraft. I mean, it's it's funny the story about the troops on the ground who saw lights in the sky and thought it was the Germans coming to attack. And I thought, well, the you know, one thing that people, you know, that bomber pilots in World War Two didn't do was light up their planes. Mm. They would there would have just been this rumbling sound and and dark shapes in the sky. Yeah, That's you know, very true. And, and that, funnily enough, that particular aspect of the story did put me in mind of the Foo Fighters mm. uh, which we discussed of course in episode 7 yeah uh, I, I, was, I was thinking also of the um, the O'Hare airport um, UFO where people could see it on the ground but it couldn't be seen from the air and it wasn't picked up on radar or so they said absolutely well, no report. so it's something I think the difference with O'Hare was people could see an actual craft, whereas uh, what we're talking about here is just the light. So I'm, I'm inclined, the 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 sceptic in me, which you know is usually silenced by mm. the optimist, um, but the sceptic in me does does say that quite possibly they, this story from World War Two around Marfa could well have been the Marfa lights. It, it could have been, but that, that's also an old soldier's tale, and, and I imagine that that. <laughs> soldiers who were stationed in Texas during World War Two had probably never been on the receiving end of a bombing raid, so they wouldn't have known. They they see they see lights in the sky that are unknown, and uh, they think, well, it, yeah, we're in a war; it must be the enemy. Mm. Yes, yes, that's very true. Interesting. Mm. So, um. It would be it'd be really fascinating if there was anyone who could corroborate this story, um, but of course, if they only saw one truck throughout the whole thing. Yes, if that truck driver's out there and listening now, <laughs> yeah. we'd be really pleased to hear from you. Yeah, tweet as anonymous truck driver. Um, yeah. But here's the thing: so you get a UFO encounter like this, the vast majority of people are going to not say anything that they'll hold on to it and keep hold of it themselves so when you get a ufo sighting you actually need quite a large number of people usually for mm. people to come forward and then once a few people have come forward it then snowballs and others feel more confident coming forward kind mm. of after the after the fact um so yeah, so when it's an isolated incident like this, um, it it does become really hard to to corroborate. Mm. But there's and obviously something going on around Marfa, and um, 
this can't be the only time if something like that is has been around it can't be the only time someone's someone's seen it as i said i don't don't really know how isolated martha or, or that that area of, i assume they were on highway 67 south of martha uh, um, how how isolated that is and whether anyone so apart from, from that lone trucker from Odessa to Mexico yeah Rudy didn't mention um, mm. which which route it was well the um, according to Wikipedia the the, the um, what do they call it the uh, the Marfa Lights Viewing Centre the M MLVC um, looks out over Highway 67 oh, mm. oh no sorry it's the favourite place on which to view the lights is a widened shoulder on Highway 90, nine miles, nine miles east of Marfa. The lights are most often reported as distant spots of brightness, distinguishable from ranch lights and automobile highlight headlights on Highway 67 between Marfa and Presidio to the south. Right. So they were, haven't got the geography worked out, but... Uh, but yeah, they're on Highway 67 or Highway 90. Well, so, um, absolutely fascinating story. I mean, let's do our, our usual summary then. Um, mm. So what what's your take on this story then, Neil? Um, my take is that... that, that Rudy's parents and grandparents saw something which was very different from what people usually see at Marfa or what they, they go to. In fact, they hadn't gone to Marfa to see anything. They were just passing through. Um, they, they saw something which um, seems to be very, very clearly defined. They saw it up close, they, they, close enough that they felt threatened by it. Um, <laughs> That, uh, that 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 Rudy's grandfather felt he had to get out and issue a challenge <laughs> to try and try and distract it from his family. Um, but yeah, it's very strange phenomena. I say, undoubtedly there are odd atmospherics going on around there, um, and which which have been studied, which have which do produce as as the um, as the group of students from the um, Society of Physics students at the University of Texas at Dallas found that there, there is something, you know, they spent four days investigating. They recorded lights. They could, let's see, they, they saw their own car headlights, but mm. they obviously didn't come across just as car headlights. They obviously looked, for some reason, they, they looked like lights in the sky. But there certainly seems to be something much more substantial than um, an atmospheric effect. Mm. moving the position of lights um yeah i i'm inclined to say so I'm, I'm a great believer in looking for you know if i'm going to question someone's story which i with the best will in the world i think we should always do um mm. if i look find at, out more <laughs> tell us well, more absolutely yeah. yeah um but you've got to ask you know why would so why would somebody make this up Mm. And and I can't think of a reason. In fact, I think the fact that uh, Manuel then went into work in a plant which you and I both both know, Neil, is quite a strong sort of masculine place to work. Yeah. Um, he risked 
basically having the piss ripped out of him yeah. for it. Um, he could have been ridiculed um, for it. So, you know, I think he's a very, very brave man, uh, first oh. of all, for challenging a UFO, and secondly, for yeah. going and telling people as, as brazenly as he did. And all credit, all credit to Manuel for that. Um, yeah, absolutely fascinating. I, I, I can't imagine for one moment why why anybody would make this up so i'm inclined to take um take manuel and irma and uh, and rudy all at their word for it um i think this is this is absolutely amazing and um even more amazing is that this is the first time this story has been shared publicly neil yes absolutely so you know that is uh we we're absolutely privileged we're uh, honoured. Yes, we thank, are very, very honoured. Thank you so uh, much, Rudy, for sharing that with us. Indeed. Uh, so, listeners, what do you think about this story? Do you think there's a lot of credence to it, um, or is there something more going on associated with the Marfa lights? Perhaps. Do you have any stories of your own that you would like to share with us? We would love to discuss them. Um, and debate them on the show and to share them and we can use assumed names if you're not comfortable giving your name so don't worry about that but do messages on twitter or on facebook to find out more um next week's quite an interesting one as well neil we're going to be looking at the ufo videos that the pentagon released all oh, right hmm so stay tuned for that one folks um, next week uh, in the meantime keep watching those skies that's it from me and that's it from me until stay next safe. time take care bye bye bye, bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com. <laughs>